Good evening, everyone, and thanks for sticking with us. Sorry about the delay there. As uh, some of you know, over the last couple of months, we've had a few technical hiccups we've been trying to work out, and it looks like we've got everything shaken out. So thank you for joining us, and welcome to episode 11 of the Granite Cornerstone podcast. This episode focuses on the Masonic Youth Organizations. Joining me this evening are the youth leaders of those organizations. From New Hampshire Rainbow, we have the Grand Worthy Advisor, Caitlin Edwards. Caitlin, welcome. Hello. We're very happy to have you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for inviting me. From New Hampshire DMOLA, joining us uh, again for his second time on the podcast, we have the State Master Counselor of New Hampshire DMOLA, Brother Alex Newberry. Alex, welcome. Thank you for having me. Also joining us this evening is member of the Advisory Board of Union Chapter of DMOLA and Senior DMOLA, uh, Right Worshipful Brother Scott Newberry. Okay. Scott, welcome. Always good to be here. And joining us this evening is an adult advisor from Rainbow. She's the State Grand Deputy for New Hampshire Rainbow and a past Grandworthy Advisor for Rainbow, Stacy DeRocher. Stacy, welcome. Welcome. Hi, how is everyone tonight? Doing great, thanks. So we are live this evening to talk about the Masonic Youth Organizations. And, you know, we've selected the leaders of those organizations and adult members of those organizations who uh, we hope will kind of give us the story and help fill out some of those questions. And uh, again, for those of you in the audience, if you've been here before, you know what we like. We want to see questions. We want to see interactions. And uh, for those of you who are new, please join us. Don't hesitate to ask questions and, and we'll try and get those out and answered for you. So starting off tonight, I guess what I would like to do is go to Caitlin and Alex and give you both an opportunity to introduce us to your organization uh, who you are and what you do here in the state of New Hampshire. So we'll start with Caitlin. Hi, so I'm Caitlin. I'm going with the advisor. Um, and Rainbow is youth organization, goes 11 to 12, um, values the same central Masonic cause that all of the other bodies do, charity, giving to others. Um, this year, we're especially focusing on like loving yourself and being kind and confident um, and just spreading that positivity to everyone around you as we come out of the pandemic. Alex, how about you? So hello, I'm Alex Newberry. I'm the State Master Counselor. Uh, DMLA is for young men between the ages of 12 and 21. And like Caitlin said, we focus a, a lot around charity. Uh, and we try our best to live our lives by seven different precepts that we have. Fantastic. So I'm going to admit to everyone here that I am not uh, what you would consider an expert on the youth organizations. I know uh, the the Five of us have talked about this to some degree. So let's get this conversation started. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your organization, something that I may not know as somebody, let's call it on the outside looking in. Okay, so um, specifically with New Hampshire Rainbow, we elect at the grand level, uh, the grand worthy associate advisor to go in who kind of acts as the vice president of the state. And then she, um, barring no conflicts with anything, eventually rises to the office of Grand Worthy Advisor, which isn't super different from any of the other Masonic bodies within the state of New Hampshire, but it is very different from all the other like jurisdictions outside of New Hampshire for Rainbow, because most of those girls end up appointed by adult advisors. So oh. in New Hampshire, we take a lot of pride in the fact that as the youth members of our order, we elect our youth leaders. That's awesome. Alex, how about you? Uh, so Dimole is set up uh, pretty similar. We elect our state master counselor, our state senior counselor, and our state junior counselor. 
Uh, as for the lower offices, it's much like Blue Lodge with a progressive line, you know, senior deacon, junior deacon. One of the small differences, though, is our scribe, which is the equivalent to the secretary, is not elected by the young men. He's actually appointed by the advisory council. Okay. So I think that's one of the things that really interests me about learning about these youth organizations. I've had many opportunities to witness the youth organizations in action, but how they run is something I really want to hear about. And I think for that, I want to go to Scott and Stacy. Um, I think Caitlin has made it very clear that New Hampshire Rainbow is certainly run by Rainbow Girls. And I kind of want to hear what your thoughts are as advisory members for those bodies and, and you know, what it is that the, the youth do and what it is that you do as adult advisors and, and how the, the youth members are empowered to run their own organizations. I'll let you go from, first. I was okay, going to say, I'll let sure. you go first. No, I was going to let you go first, Stacey. All right. Well, thank you. Um, you know, overall, as um, advisors within New Hampshire Rainbow, our primary goal is to really be a mentor and a guide for these young ladies. Um, certainly, a um, as the girls mature from 11 years old to uh, the time they reach, they obtain their majority at 20 or 21, there's a lot of growth there. And so we're here to help them um, whether it's from developing their products, uh, projects, to developing their leadership capabilities. We're there to help guide them and, and give them some level of structure, but it really is up to these young ladies to really help them uh, to, to really design and, and understand how they want to push the program forward themselves. Um, and so it's really uh, just in a, in a mentorship perspective. Great. DMLA follows a similar pers uh, perspective as far as the advisors go. We're there to be the, uh, not necessarily the father figure or the older brother, but the individual that the, the young men can feel comfortable going to to discuss things that they may not be comfortable anywhere else. And what we try and do is, is provide that same guidance, the same advisor capability. I take a look at it from the perspective of we're kind of like the guardrails. We let the young men come up with the ideas and the thoughts of what they like to do. And then we just make sure that they do, do something that's got to step them way outside the bounds or maybe something that, you know, might be what we would consider unsafe. You know, that, you know oh, we want to go rock climbing up a hundred thousand you know, <laughs> foot cliff. Well, no, we're not going to do that, guys. You know, maybe the rock climbing wall down the street, we could do that. Uh, yes, yeah, so we try to do those kinds of things. We try to give them the opportunity to, to come up with their own thoughts and ideas and make sure that we um, give them the tools that they need in order to do that. So that's that's interesting. So for for our two uh, youth leaders, what was your experience coming through a system like that? How how did you feel empowered? You know, Alex, we'll start with you. What, how did you feel empowered to make decisions and, and kind of come up uh, to that level of maturity and responsibility? So I uh, originally come from Scouts, and Scouts just set up pretty similar. It's youth ran. So when I left Scouts and joined DMLA, it was very much similar. I, I kind of knew what I needed to do to start planning out projects and jump into a leadership chair. Caitlin, go ahead. So I also actually came from Girl Scouts, um, but my Girl Scout troop really just made friendship bracelets and like ate brownies and called it a day. And so all of my skills were like formed in Rainbow through either my older Rainbow sisters or my adult advisors. And a lot of that was at like 12, 13 years old, getting um, to do project planners and like writing out what we wanted our projects to be and getting out to approve them and give us advice like, oh, like this looks good, but you should tweak that. 
and then going through and executing the plans. And some of them didn't always work out as well as we wanted to. But as we got older, they became more successful. We had more experience and we really got to learn hands on, like how to do those things and how to communicate better and just follow through and plan good events. Now, see, I have to admit, if I was in your Girl Scout troop, I don't know that I'd have left. <laughs> Arts and crafts and brownies really does sound ideal to me, but I guess I can understand uh, the pull of, of doing more and, and being more active. But you still get brownies, right? Sometimes, yeah. Okay, perfect. That's all. That's all that matters. Well, I, I one of the things I think they both touched on a little bit is from the advisor standpoint, we try to give them that opportunity, give them that space where they can make mistakes. It's okay to make a mistake because you can then learn from it. And so often in life, we feel that if we make a mistake, you know, we're going to get you know drowned at the time at the moment that it happens. You know, we're so worried about making it. Demolay and Rainbow both have that same philosophy where go ahead and make the mistake. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's an important lesson to teach. I mean, obviously, it, it's something we see in our everyday lives, whether it's inside masonry or out, outside of it. So that's a, a great foundation to start building, you know, in our youth organizations. So you both came from Scouts. Alex, uh, for those of you who may not know, if it's not readily clear by the last name, appearance, and voice, uh, is the son of Right Worshipful Scott Newberry. Alex, I think you're what a Fifth generation Mason? Uh, fifth generation Mason and a third generation Demolay. So I want to hear your story of coming to Demolay from scouting. So uh, at the time, my scout troop was getting very boring and dull. It was turning into, hey, let's sit in a circle and talk for an hour. So I decided that I wanted to do something else. And that's when I started learning about Demolay started going to prospect events like uh, mini golfing, glow golfing, stuff like that. And then it, it got to the point where like, I need to make a decision if I want to join this or not. And eventually I made that decision and I took my obligations and I have never looked back on it. It's one of the best decisions I've ever done. Okay. Now, Obviously, your process was, was probably a little more easy to facilitate than, than others because of your history. Yep. Caitlin, I know you, when we talked about this a little bit earlier, you don't really have a background in, in rainbow and masonry. Is that right? Not a lick. Um, I, not a lick. <laughs> not a so lick. How, how did you come here? How did you arrive at, at rainbow? So um, it starts with my messy desk in fifth grade. Okay. Um, and I just was a disaster of a human being. I was a tornado of a child. My desk was a black hole. And I sat next to this very quiet girl whose desk was very neat. And she always had a pencil to share, even if she didn't like sharing the pencil with me. And this was Jackie DeRoches. Um, And so eventually I convinced Jackie to be my best friend. And um, it took a long time. She was not happy with my messy desk. Um, she was not happy with a lot of the tornado tendencies, but um, she got me into Rainbow, and I'm so thankful that I was able to convince her because, like Alex, being in Rainbow is the best decision I could have ever made for my life, and I wouldn't be the person I am today without it. So we have a question in the chat uh, from Kevin Thompson, which is primarily aimed at Stacy. Um, with your time in Rainbow and your time as an adult advisor, other than obviously having very neat daughters uh, who, <laughs> who sit next to prospective members. How do you recruit for Rainbow? If you've got, so, obviously, uh, sorry, go ahead. 
So, so it's actually changed quite a bit over the years. Uh, when I was um, a member back in the 80s, um, there wasn't there, there was a lot of activities for young girls to be um, part of. However, they were not as demanding of activities. So it was much easier to uh, recruit um, and attract some of your friends in junior high and even high school to join Rainbow. Um, Rainbow has always had a very strong um, you know, opportunity to really help develop these young leaders. Um, but as time has grown on, has come, uh, gone on, the challenge has been that there's been so many more opportunities for young girls to be involved in. Sports is now five days a week, if not more. Um, and there are tons of clubs and programs that you can join within the school and within the communities. So one of the key ways that we have really looked at here in New Hampshire Rainbow is really looking towards our pledge programs. And it's something that, especially after COVID, we really need to really um, refocus on. Um, but when you're able to talk to these young girls, six, seven years old, they're just starting to look for programs and, and activities. And it's a great way to really start bringing them into the overall Masonic bodies. They get to meet the Masons and the Eastern Star and the Demolay at a young age and really kind of grow with Rainbow. And then when they are eligible to join Rainbow, excuse me, at a 10 or 11 years old, then they're very excited. They already have that foundation on which to build. So that is one of the key ways that we're doing it. Of course, we're still working um, with our community organizations to drive interest and, and awareness of Rainbow throughout the communities in, in a variety of ways through prospect parties and different things like that. But the pledge program is by far the best way to, to generate that early interest. So Scott, I guess the same question for you, I will say in my, my personal experience, I have probably met more people outside of my Masonic life who were familiar with Rainbow than Demolay. So what what is the sort of the process for you and what does that recruitment look like? Well, it's interesting because a lot like the Blue Lodge, a lot of Demolay chapters kind of have their own method and their own way of approaching membership and recruiting. Uh, I do know that there's some things in the works over the next 12 months that they're looking at to actually try and uh, coordinate all that amongst the, the different chapters and different jurisdictions. But one of the things that works for a lot of the chapters, similar to what Stacy was mentioning, it's the younger members. Uh, and a lot of times what we're doing is we're encouraging the young men to bring a buddy. You know, you know, do you have a friend that you want to bring along? Bring them along. Uh, and we try to make the meetings where we know we're going to have those young gentlemen there interesting. We don't want them sitting around in their coat and tie and, and mm -hmm. wondering what the next thing that they're going to have to step out of the room do because they can't see the ritual pieces and those kinds of things. But, you know, we do try to emphasize, you know, bring a friend with you. And with the younger guys, because DMLA right now in New Hampshire doesn't have an active squires program, which is similar to the pledge program that Stacy was talking about, a lot of chapters are opening their doors to those 11-year-olds and the 10-year-olds who are interested and their parents are interested in seeing what the what DMLA is about having them come and join us for an event. Uh, and, you know, we keep in contact with them. We encourage them to come up to the point where they can actually join and be part of the chapter. Uh, and it's worked very well for us in, in several chapters. So in both organizations, what is, you know, this does not need to be an exact number, but what would you say your ratio is between members with a Masonic connection and those without? Hmm. Uh, if I one. were... <laughs> yeah, if I were to put just a guess at it, I would almost say it was about 50-50. Wow. Uh, um, 
And, you know, the strength of the Masonic family and in the encouragement of, you know, the youth is, is huge, whether they're, you know, true, you know, blood family or not. Um, it, the, that excitement and that focus around the Masonic family is key to keeping our members uh, and our members active as they go along. So, but I would say about 50% are from outside of Masonic physical families. Wow. I'd, I'd say Demolay is roughly the same at this point. It, it varies a bit by chapter because some chapters have a, a larger tie to the, the uh, lodges in the area, but it's, it probably runs about the same. Okay. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have expected that. So it's really interesting to hear that. Um, so for Caitlin and Alex, um, what would you say the role of your organizations is within the Masonic family? We've heard, uh, Stacy kind of talk about that Masonic family concept, and it's certainly been a major part of the conversations of every Grand Master um, within the last several years. So where does Rainbow and where does Demolay fit into that Masonic family? What is it that, that you provide to Masonry, and what is it that Masonry provides to you? So um, I, as soon as I was introduced to Rainbow, I was 11. Um, we were doing dinners, and we were serving dinners with the rehearsals that they were doing upstairs on the fourth floor of the Nashville lunch. And um, uh, that's how I got to know majority of the Masons that I did just through that, those interactions and the installations that we go to and the flag tributes that we do. Um, and just throughout our travels. Um, one of the biggest things that the lodge does for us that we are super thankful for is the donations um, that they're able to give to us and the support that they show by coming to our events. Because without those, both of those things, we wouldn't be able to operate. And Alex, Demolay is a lot like the same way. We uh, show up, help out with dinners, uh, arranging the lodge room if need be. If we take something, we you know, obviously put it back. Um, and then the lodge shows us support, much like with Rainbow, by giving us donations and showing up to our events. And you know, the big piece is letting us have a room to use. <laughs> it's pretty hard to have an organization without a building. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Caitlin said, is by going to those events and having them come to us, it, it, it branches out. It lets us meet other Masons. One of the other things that I didn't mention before is the advisor role that, um, a majority of our, at least in New Hampshire rainbow, um, majority of our advisory boards are built from the Masonic family. Um, you don't see too many members of the advisory boards. There are some there, but for the most part, it's all people who are already active within the Masonic family who end up being like our parental figures, like quote unquote, as we grow up in rainbow. And so that's where like those ties really start to strengthen. Yeah. I know Caitlin, you mentioned obviously serving in the Nashua Masonic temple. I know I would not have been able to get through my term as master mm -hmm. without rainbow and, and Eastern star within that, that building because the girls and the Eastern star ladies do a fantastic job of, frankly, running that lodge when, when we're in a meeting, everything that goes on upstairs is really run by, by you folks. And, and we appreciate that for sure. Um, so obviously there's, there's what we currently do to support these organizations. What do you think that lodges can do to better support your respective organizations? I think, I know I said that the lodges do show up. Um, I think, that can be like a big focus for 
an area of improvement just like making sure that like you're really being there not just at the big events but like any mason can come to any nashua meeting or anyone throughout the state nashua is just my home assembly but um it doesn't have to be like a big important thing but any like event that we have that what's going on anything um i know that at least in my home assembly we always send out invitations to our sponsoring lodges and um our sponsoring eastern star chapter and just building those relationships and seeing you guys in person does a lot and it really makes the family connection that much stronger because we can't connect with you guys if we don't see you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, Demolay's, I feel like Demolay can go along the same path as showing up a little bit more, but from where I see it is get involved, be, become an advisor. It, it really shows, you know, hey, you're there and you're also the master of the sponsoring, of the sponsoring lodge. And it, it, it's huge when you're able to see a, just an, old master mason become an advisor and start working with the young men a really good example of that is dad labelle um he was our junior past state dad um and he was had no connection with rainbow beforehand he wasn't involved i spent a good majority of my time in the west as grandmother associate whispering to him why we were doing things and kind of filling him in and he is such a wonderful advisor to all of the girls. He is such a huge positive role model in the lives of these girls. And he didn't have a lot of experience with Rainbow before and he wasn't really sure what we were about. But as he got to know us and we got to know him, it ended up being like a really, really good relationship on everyone's behalf. I take exception to Alex looking for old Master Masons to be advisors. <laughs> Well, I, considering I mean, he is a master mason himself. Well, it's kind of hard to be an advisor when you're currently an active Demolay. Yeah. Well, I, I think what, but I think what Alex is referring to really is, is that we have some members in the fraternity now, 40, 50 year members. And what I think gets lost a lot of times is I've got young men in, in a chapter who are 15 years old, 16 years old. And the ability to talk to a gentleman who's got 40 or 50 years in the fraternity, who's more of a grandfather figure versus a father figure, there's a lot that can be learned from those guys just by, you know, here, just approach it this way. You're just sitting on the sidelines and being able to listen and answer a question, even if it's not related to the chapter. Uh, you know, that's one of the areas where I think we get miss out on a lot of opportunities for these youth organizations. You don't have to be an advisor to come to a meeting. And I think that's one of the things that gets lost. And we're not going to recruit you to become an advisor. We'd love you to be an advisor, but we won't recruit you. You know, it's not going to be standing there and, and try to get you to sign on the dotted line. We just want the uh, membership to show up and take an active role, just show some interest. And it doesn't have to be a sponsoring body either. Even if your lodge doesn't have or your Easter Star chapter doesn't have an assembly or a DMLA chapter that they're sponsoring, doesn't mean you can't go to the meeting. So we do have a question. We have a couple of questions in the chat. One of them is from uh, Most Worshipful Past Grandmaster Ken Clay, uh, who I believe is a senior DMLA himself, right? Yeah, yes, yes, he is. Uh, he wants to know where are the chapters and assemblies throughout New Hampshire? So Caitlin and Alex, you both mentioned going to meetings, being active. Where can we find those meetings and, and how do we get in touch with the people we need to get in touch with? So for New Hampshire, oh, sorry, for Rainbow, we have Nashua Assembly um, that meets in the Nashua Hall. We have Milford. We have an assembly in Exeter that I believe is moving over to the Portsmouth area right now. We're in a little bit of a transit um, period with that assembly. And then we also have Rochester. We have Goffstown. We have Derry. Um, and all of those 
me oh and we have penny as well um, i think switches off between tilton and mom stacy which is the other temple and franklin franklin yep. thank you franklin. Yep. um so all of those assemblies are active within the state of new hampshire i think Gosstown specifically is the only assembly that's sponsored by a lodge because they don't have a chapter of Eastern Star in that building. And so specifically if, with Gosstown, you guys are the only sponsoring body there. So a little bit more support there would be super appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, and, Alex, uh, how about you? Demolay has five chapters in the state of New Hampshire. Our first one is uh, Clarence L. Woodman up in Rochester. We then go to Keene chapter in Keene, New Hampshire. You know, really hard to get that confused. <laughs> then we have Sahegan Valley over in Milford. And then Union and Manchester, which meets between Manchester and Derry. And then we finally have Upper Valley up in Cornish. Okay. So my, my question, and this is from a personal perspective as well. I don't have any kids. I don't have anyone whether it's a, a, a young man or a young lady who I can, you know, bring into the organization. What is the role of Masons like myself who are very active in Blue Lodge, but don't have kids? What is it that we can do to help in, in Rainbow? Obviously we talked a little bit about advisorship and we've got a question we're going to get to in a minute from brother Kevin Thompson about that, but what can Masons without kids do to get involved and, and feel like they're part of the organization? Alex, do you want to start? Uh, I would, if I had to say, uh, go go to your nephews and nieces, see if they're interested. For me, I'm still going to say, um, just like show up, be there, um, bring the energy that you have for your Blue Lodge over to your DMLA chapters or your Rainbow Assemblies, some of our best advisors, and you don't necessarily have to be an advisor, but some of the best people who are involved in Rainbow are those individuals who don't have kids because there's no like specific looking out for my kid type of thing. Um, Mom Lois is a really good example of that. She's been really active in Eastern Star. She's been really active in Rainbow. She's been really active in Demolay. And she has no active kids in either youth organization, but she's a wonderful advisor. Um, and you can be a really good advisor. Mom Stacy is a really good example of this too with Kids in Rainbow. She has three girls who are state officers right now, and she is one of our top adults for the organization, and there's nobody else who should be in her spot. She does her job wonderfully. Um, but a different set of eyes and a different experience mm -hmm. from individuals who don't have Kids in Rainbow with Malay is really useful because it kind of like allows everyone to take a step outside of themselves and look at the bigger picture. So we, we do have a question uh, in the chat from Brother Kevin Thompson, whose wife is a past Grandworthy Advisor in Rhode Island, and he is now serving as a dad advisor. What's the best way a, a dad advisor can support a Rainbow Assembly? Um, I really have always had such good relationships with everyone who's been a dad advisor for my assembly. Um, just being there and being loud and being like a huge cheerleader and a supporter of the girls and making sure that they know that they are valued and they are welcome there and that like you are a person that they can trust does so much more than you think it does. Um, you never really know like what's going on in a girl's life and like what a guy's life if he's in DMLA. And um, our advisors, specifically like our mom and dad advisors and the assemblies are really those like parental figures for that term. Um, and just being there and offering that year does a lot. And I think also on that topic, um, 
the dad advisor is a great connection to the Masonic fraternity. Um, as Caitlin mentioned, you know, there are um, that foundation that we can build and, and that can be that connection is so crucial. Rainbow and Demolay are such unique organizations, I think, for all of the various different youth groups that these girls and, and young men can join. And um, just making that connection um, where, where Alex was talking you know, a, a gentleman who may be, you know, 50, a 50 year member of Masonry, there's so much history and so much knowledge that they could really pass down to these young ladies and young men. Um, and, and that dad advisor from a rainbow perspective really helps make that connection. So I, I really do encourage um, the dad advisors just to be there and, and really make that connection and, and extend that um, relationship from the rainbow girls out to the Masonic uh, fraternity. Alex, you know, I know that obviously we're talking about dad advisors, but what what is it that the adult advisors are really working with you on in in your uh, DMLA chapter? That that that's kind of tough because, like mentioned before, the really the dad advisors of our chapter just kind of let us do our thing, um, but they are there to support us and branch the connections to the Blue Lodges into the Eastern Star chapters that many of us don't have connections with. You know, I can't really say that for myself because at every stated me meeting, I'm asked to stand and report on DMLAY. So That's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously looking at both of your experiences, you know, you represent that 50-50 split, somebody who's coming from a Masonic background, a very strong Masonic background, and somebody who is not, but has clearly made a, a name and a, a space for herself within that, that family. It's very interesting to see that. Um, when it comes to being advisors, so going to, to Scott and Stacy, what are your experiences as advisors? What are the things that you receive as, I don't want to call them benefits, but what are the benefits you do get as an as adult advisor of these organizations? I think one thing is just to see these, uh, from a rainbow perspective, see these young ladies grow. Um, as Caitlin mentioned, I've, I've known her for a very, very long time. We were kind of reminiscing about some of the, <laughs> the days in, you know, early in, in her life and, and my daughter's life. And um, to see where these girls go from the time they join to where they become majority members and also kind of fellow advisors. Um, and it, it's just, it's the transformation that we see with these with these kids is amazing. And it really kind of pays you back, you know, tenfold for all the, you know, nights out and and um, and working with the, with the youth. It it's amazing. It's an amazing uh, feeling. Yeah, I, I have to echo that. I'd say, you know, uh, it's a, it's absolutely amazing to sit there and, you know, over the course of a few years, watch a young man who's uncomfortable even saying hello to someone that he doesn't know to being able to stand up in a, in a room of 20 or 30 people and speak and be articulate on it. Uh, it's just an amazing thing to see. And, you know, I, I'll use the term proud Papa, because really, if you think about it, when you're sitting there, it doesn't matter if it's your own kid or not, just seeing a young man go from, I'm not sure what I'm doing to accomplishing a task or, or fulfilling a full project. If he's running a full project, it's just gives you that nice warm feeling. And you, you have that parent moment where it's like, mm -hmm. I don't care if it's my kid or not. I'm happy for him. I'm proud of the fact that he managed to get there. Yep. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so, I th- you know, you both mentioned it, and I think it's really something that's very important, is talking about what these organizations um, do for our youth and, and how they grow within that structure. So we'll go back to, to Caitlin and Alex. When you joined your organization, what was it you were looking for out of the organization? And then long-term, how has that changed and how have you individually grown uh, within the structure of your organization? So I joined looking to join something that's bigger than myself and give me room to mature. And I think looking back five years after, uh, five years later after I joined, I, I feel I have matured quite a bit. And then I have accomplished everything that I have wanted to accomplish out of DMLA. Um, I, if you couldn't tell, really wanted friends um, when I was <laughs> 11 years old. And seeing, I think the first event that Jackie brought me to was a Rochester Halloween party. And um, I remember I was wearing like fairy wings behind my back and like I had a little skirt on and it was, it was a cute moment. But um, being there and seeing everyone, just like how much they loved each other and how how close everyone was and seeing that friendship, like so solidified in person was what really made me want to join. I wanted that group of people. I wanted that family. Um, And I got that. I have such a wonderful group of girls in Nashua and throughout the entire state. Um, I have wonderful advisors, everyone that I've met through rainbow and through the masonic family has just had such a wonderful impact on my life um and so yeah i got exactly what i was looking for what what were some of your big goals coming into this and and as you progress through the organization i mean obviously you seem to to want to have been grand worthy advisor i think that's certainly something that has happened but what were some of those goals you set for yourself and how did how did rainbow specifically help you meet Um, Well, I, as I said earlier, I was a bit of a tornado of a kid, but I was also incredibly shy. Um, I had a really hard time talking in public. I had a really hard time saying hi to people I didn't know. Um, So actually getting into the Masonic family itself was a little bit difficult for me. Um, And I think one of the big goals that I had for myself was just like becoming okay uh, with talking to people and becoming okay doing things like this, where like I'm talking and I can see that people are commenting on it. and little 12 year old Caitlin would have been horrified by this, but um, it's through the skills that I've built through Rainbow and the skills that my advisors have taught me and through the project planning and the speaking at other things that I've really gotten to this point. And the goal to be grown with the advisor was long after the goal to start talking to people. There were a lot of steps between those two. How about you, Alex? I know uh, you came into to DMLA looking to join something larger than yourself, but did you have any specific goals? Was there anything you were really looking for out of the organization? Well, one of the things I was looking to do was to show up and be a leader of the young men so that I could have a, a 12-year-old show up and look at me and say, he's my role model. I want to lead the chapter the way he did. Yeah, I, and I think that's important because one of the things that, surprised me more than anything in having some of these conversations is how much the youth are running their own organizations. And that's really impressive to see, you know, one of the questions I guess I have is obviously as, as you age out of these organizations uh, or out of active membership in these organizations, 
as these are youth organizations, what what happens to the, that next generation? And how do you continue to contribute, obviously, as a be it a senior DMLA or a majority rainbow? What is it that, that you see as your next steps once you're out of this office and you've aged out of, of active membership? Um, for Rainbow, so specifically in the case of the Grandworthy Advisor, um, I'll probably take a step back after my term's over and allow for like Jackie to step in as the new Grandworthy Advisor and have the girls like kind of get used to that and also take a moment for myself to breathe because like, you know, just running any kind of organization takes a lot out of you. Um, and it's so rewarding, but every Grandworthy Advisor gets a year. It's just kind of like chill for a second. But then everyone else after that point, like they end up coming back eventually. Amanda White is a really good example of that. Um, she was a Grandworthy Advisor a couple of years back and she's the head of majority right now. And oh. so um, she is serving in that aspect where she's still on, like she's a member of the Grand Executive Committee. She's doing um, things with them. But she's also having had taken that step back and like is serving as an adult instead of a, do a child. I think Amanda's <laughs> just off screen, so Caitlin is checking <laughs> with her. <laughs> How about you, Alex? I mean, you've you've been state master counselor now for a couple of years, right? Uh, for one year now. One year, okay. And you, you have a second year coming up? Yep, I'm going to be uh, St. Master Council for another year. Uh, ho and, ho hopefully, going to leave office next August. And you've already joined a Masonic Lodge. You're a Master Mason. Yep. You and I have sat in Lodge several times. We just did a degree together. Um, so what are your plans as, as regards DMLA and your next steps as you move into that senior DMLA role? So what I want to do is obviously take a step back. Uh, I, I want to don't want to put too much distance between me and DMLA, but uh, I'll still show up at events, support, but I'm not going to jump into an advisor role right away. Uh, I want to, like Caitlin said, take a breather, and I also want to enjoy my Masonic experience a little bit more. That's good to hear. <laughs> yes, it so, is. Uh, one of the things that certainly has impressed me, and I, Caitlin, you and I had this conversation um, on Tuesday when we were kind of prepping for this is the, the ritual that both, you know, rainbow, I've seen it happen. I've been to rainbow meetings and I, I get exposed to that at grand lodge and Malay. I know that you're doing it as well. And this is just my opinion. And I know it's shared by many other people. Our youth organizations are absolutely the pinnacle of ritual excellence in, in my opinion. And when I see rainbow ritual, I, I think that, you know, if, if the lodges could perform it half as well, most of the, the lecturers would be out of a job. So what is it that is, you know, how does Rainbow and, and Malay? how do you learn that ritual? What is it that you do to, to really get so good at, at performing that work? I, um, I went through a lot of different phases of learning ritual. I have a lot of little tricks and like tips that I use throughout the years, but the one that stuck the best for me is I'll read through my ritual and then I'll record myself saying the ritual as I read through it. And I'll listen to that recording in the car as I go from place to place and I'll say it with the recording. So I'm saying it out loud, which is super important. Saying it out loud is 10 times better than saying it in your head. And then also you're hearing it too. And so you can hear yourself when you make a mistake and the recording itself doesn't have any mistakes because you've read it from the book. And it also helps a lot with pacing. 
So when I go to learn ritual, I, I do a much very different approach. Uh, basically, what I do is just sit down and read it until I've memorized it. That sounds painful. <laughs> it, it, it can be, but it, it works and it's continued to work for me. No, and I think that's a very important distinction is making sure that you find what works for you. But I, I think it's very important to mention that we as Masons can absolutely learn from these youth organizations, whether it's ritual or whether it's just recapturing some of that youthful exuberance we may have had decades ago and lost. I think mm -hmm. the lessons that, that these youth organizations can teach us are, are incredible. And I will, again, my exposure is mostly to Rainbow, so Alex, this is not to disparage de Malay ritual, but if when I was master, if every member of my lodge could could do floor work as good as Rainbow, I, I would have had a I would have slept much easier. So I think that's something you should absolutely be commended on and, and something that we as Masons should really take as a reason for us to go visit these assemblies and these chapters because they are not just there to learn from us, certainly. This is a this is a beneficial relationship both ways. And I think it's very important to know that as a member going to visit, like Caitlin said, or becoming an advisor, um, you're going to learn a lot out of it. What well, do you think? That, no, if I can, yeah, if I can interject it. The other thing to keep in mind is I'm sure Rainbow is like Malay, and we have certain public ceremonies and public events that we can do. Yep. Mm -hmm. Invite the youth to one of your meetings. Give them the floor for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and have them bring a piece of their ritual or, or a, a piece of the forework that they like to do and let them speak about their organizations, especially if you're a, a lodge or, a, or in a, a Easter Star chapter that doesn't sponsor one of these bodies. It gives you an opportunity to see what they're like. And from a rainbow perspective, that is actually going to be one of our initiatives as we head into the fall and, and winter months is to really go out and, and be very proactive in reaching out to our uh, to the Masonic and Eastern Star chapters in each of the areas where our assemblies are to really make that connection and, and be able to provide some level of a presentation or program. So if anyone is interested in that, we would love to have um, the girls come in and talk to you. And who should we reach out to if we are interested? So uh, you can uh, reach out to myself or Caitlin, um, and you can also reach out to us on our website, um, as well as the Facebook page, uh, the New Hampshire Rainbow Facebook page, and we'd be happy to uh, connect you with the right team. Fantastic. Uh, team Demole? Same thing. You either reach out to Alex or myself, the Facebook page, website. Uh, you Actually, you can grab any Demole advisor, and they'll be loved. they'd love to talk to you about bringing the, the young men over. And I think that's, Scott, you bring up an interesting point. And this is something you're probably going to be able to see more uh, in a Blue Lodge from a DMLA perspective. But I think it would be very interesting for the masters of the lodges out there or just members, if you want to have a discussion, ask members of your lodge to stand up who were senior DMLA mm -hmm. or members of your lodge who have been past ad advisors for Rainbow. And I think that's going to surprise you a lot. Mm -hmm. I know that this has been done uh, at Grand Lodge several times. And just the number of people who stand up who are senior DMOLAs is incredible to see. Um, and there's probably a lot of stories and histories there that your lodge may have that you don't even think about. Because I know for, from a national perspective, DMOLAs has never been something I've been very, very familiar with. But I know we have a lot of senior DMOLAs around. And I, getting those stories in your own lodges is important. And getting the youth there to show you that as well is also important. 
So I want to ask all four of you something, and we'll just kind of go around the room here. What do you think the biggest struggle your organization or, or the youth organizations within the Masonic family are facing today? So we'll start with Kayla. The obvious answer is membership, um, especially coming out of the pandemic and everything that's happened. Um, retention is super important, but also like people um, just to come and be retained um, is something that we're really struggling with right now. One of the things that we're working on is um, we have a marketing team right now. Um, they have been working through the pandemic to create an online and we have opened it up to all of the girls throughout New Hampshire um, to just offer up their skill set. So if a girl is really good at digital art or digital design, um, she's been she's invited to come and do posters and whatnot with us. And just having that presence is something that we're working on. But right now, our biggest struggle or our biggest issue right now is getting those girls to come in. Uh, as for Demolay, I, I would have to echo that is we have we have a lack of membership. And a lot of times what we see is a young man comes in, signs his petition, takes his obligation, and then we just don't see him again. Uh, the other thing I've seen is we don't have a lot of young men that are willing to step up to the plate and learn ritual or take charge of their chapter when need be. Stacy, what about you? What are your thoughts from an adult perspective? So I'll echo what Caitlin uh, mentioned uh, from a New Hampshire Rainbow perspective, but I would also um, say that we're always in need of new advisors, right? We have had, uh, we have fantastic advisors today, um, but I know that we could add some new, um, new ideas by having some new, um, new advisors throughout the state, even if they're not officially advisory board members, but wanting to be active in those assemblies, that would be a huge, um, huge help to us as we um, move out of the pandemic, looking for new ideas. We're also entering into our 100th year of, of Rainbow internationally. And uh, so we're really looking to kind of change and, and go into and, and really bring Rainbow into the new um, next 100 years. So always looking for new advisors and new ideas. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Oh, Scott, how about you? Well, you? Saved me for last. They took all the good stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Good luck. So, I mean, I, I do think that, you know, a lot of what's been said is what's important. You know, it's the membership pieces. It's the new advisor pieces. It's the the adults actually taking an interest in the youth organizations, whether or not they have a, a child in the age bracket for the organizations. Uh, it, it's important to understand that neither one of these organizations is designed to be like uh, a junior Mason or a junior Eastern star. They're their own unique separate uh, organizations. And I think if a lot of people took a few minutes to say, hey, what's going on here? They'll find more than enough reasons to get involved. And I do think Stacy's right. The biggest challenge we have beyond membership in the organizations is advisors. It's it's not, we're not asking, it's like, I was, when we first started Union Chapter several years ago, uh, it, it was interesting because we're trying to get advisors. And we used to, every time someone asked me what we want, I do this. I'm asking for four nights. Mm -hmm. That's all for the entire year. I, I need four nights. And if you get enough advisors and enough adults willing to give you four nights out of their year, you have plenty of advisors when the youth decide they want to, you know, go miniature golfing or they want to go uh, to one of the water parks or they're looking to, you know, host, host a pizza and movie party. 
you'll have advisors that you can do that because the youth really can't function without that advisory core or the interested adults that say, hey, I'm willing to show up just to make sure everybody stays safe and we keep things on an even keel. It's, it's amazing just the ability to pick up the phone and say, hey, can you come by you know, Friday night and help us out? You know, it's, it's really nice to have that, that bench depth. And we don't ask for a lot. I mean, and you'll be surprised. A lot of those folks that start out as, you know, I'll give you a night here, I'll give you a night there, end up being some of the strongest supporters and strongest advisors we have out there because they get to understand the young, the young people and get involved, which is what we're really looking for. Is just, you know, and you don't have to give a ton. It's, it's, it's amazing to see how many show up for one night and you, they walk out with a big smile on their face. You know, it's, and they, they're happy at, at the end of the day because they feel like they've given something back. And I know the youth appreciate it. So I think we've covered a lot tonight, and I think that we're, we're going to wrap up, but I wanted to give everybody a chance. Um, we've got one last question from Most Worshipful um, Clay, and he has a comment here as well about um, our current Grandmaster, Most Worshipful Brother uh, David Collins, is a huge fan of our Masonic youth. Keep up the good work. He has your back. So that's an important message. The support for these youth organizations needs to come from every Mason, uh, whether they're the grandmaster or a member of a, a lodge that, that holds no office, it's very important to support our youth organizations, whether you are a member of a sponsoring body or not. Every Mason uh, in the state gets a card with their dues card uh, for, to give a donation to both organizations. And I encourage you, if you have the ability to give, because they may not be the future of your lodges, as, as Scott said, they're not necessarily junior masons your junior eastern star but they are the future of the, the ideals and the spirit of masonry getting out into the world and and they're whether they're going to be masons or whether they're going to be sisters of eastern star they're going to be people who represent masonic ideals and i think that we need to support them and to grandmaster's point we, we need to make sure that everybody has their back um so last question and then i'll give you all a minute to just kind of make one last final address, but if somebody, if we know of a youth who's interested in joining a chapter or an assembly, or if uh, to the advisors, somebody who's interested in becoming an advisor or helping out, who should they get in contact with? Um, so if you know somebody who is like, you don't have any Masonic, um, oh, you don't have any children, youth people who would be joining you, the Bamboo Ademalai, um, and you know somebody who will talk to the worthy advisor of the assembly, talk to the um, master council of the of the chapter, and um, reach out to them, reach out to the advisors. What I found in Nashua that works a lot is having an event, just like a membership event, whatever it may be, and inviting the girl there with her parent. The girl gets to connect with the Rainbow Girls. The parent, which is super important, gets to connect with the advisors, gets to hear a little bit about what Rainbow does, and it reassures the parent that they're not sending their kid off into like some crazy cult. Um, <laughs> and it just like really helps with investing stresses on both sides of it. Uh, as for Demolay, I would have to echo that. If you have an if you have uh, an, a parent that's interested in having their kid join and becoming an advisor themselves, reach out to the local chapter or ask around the lodge. You may have a lodge brother who is already an advisor and who can point you in the right direction. Uh, as for a young man that wants to join, I would say reach out to me directly. I have a New Hampshire DMLA email address that that I have access to all the time. And 
if I see something something floating, I can point you in the right direction and help you take that obligation. And how about if you're interested in becoming an advisor? We'll ask our advisory board members here that question. Sure. Uh, so from a New Hampshire Rainbow perspective, certainly reach out to us on any of our um, online platforms, whether it be the Facebook page or um, on the website. Um, you can also reach out to myself, Caitlin, um, or also also our Supreme Inspector, Joan Smith. Um, she, we are all more than happy to uh, take your information, get a little bit more details from you, and uh, so that you can take a look at uh, any of our local assemblies or uh, DMLA chapters that might be interested. So, Yeah, so for, for DMLA, obviously the best way to do it is to actually find a brother who's actually an mm -hmm. advisor already. It's the easiest way to get involved. Uh, but if you go up to the New Hampshire DMLA website, uh, there's uh, the select. There's an area where the chapters are. There's email addresses for all the chapter advise, uh, chapter dads and advisory council chairman that you can get a hold of them. You can also actually go directly to the uh, DMLA website for DMLA International, and there's actually information there about starting your uh, the process of becoming an advisor, and they'll actually forward the information to the appropriate people inside the uh, organization. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think uh, it's very interesting. There's two points I just want to touch on real quick. Caitlin, you made a great point about getting the parents of these prospective members involved. That's a great suggestion and absolutely something that needs to happen for either organization. Make sure you get the parents out and make sure you introduce them to the advisory members and the other parents in the room because the parents are going to be the support. They're going to be the ones driving those kids around and making sure that they're comfortable and they're happy and they understand the benefits that their children are getting is supremely important. So thank you for bringing that up, Caitlin. I think that's a, a point we really needed to hear. And to Scott's point, ask a brother who is already a DMLA advisor or senior DMLA who knows the organization, if you are a DMLA advisor, if you're a dad advisor for Rainbow and you're sitting in Lodge, you know, my suggestion is talk about it, right? I know as Worshipful Master, I gave an opportunity for my Lodge to address the brethren, anybody who had a, something they wanted to bring up, we want to hear about these events within our lodges. We want to know what's going on in Rainbow and DMLA. So please make sure you share it with us. Just share anything that comes up so we know about it and so that the lodges have the opportunity. And, and hopefully uh, we can get some of these young men and women into our into our lodges and, and really show the brothers what these organizations are all about. So thank you all for joining me. I'm going to give you one opportunity. We're going to go around the horn. Caitlin, Alex, Stacy, and Scott. Why don't you just give us your, your final message, your final words to uh, to the people watching tonight? Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining with us. It was really fun to have this conversation. Um, if there's anything at any point that Rainbow can do for your bodies, whether it's a local chapter or at a state level, please let us know. Please reach out to myself, Mom Stacy, or Mom Smith. We are always happy to come to you, and we would always love for you to come to us. If you're ever looking for any of our dates or anything, they're always on the website or the Facebook page or any of our social media platforms. We're very active on those, and we would love to see you in our travels. Uh, I would have to echo that. Is uh, Thank you for having me on here and giving me the time to speak and forcing people to listen to me. Um, <laughs> I, I would, have, like I said, I have to echo that is if you want DMLA involved, message us on Facebook, email, and we will make the attempt to be there. I always enjoy getting out and traveling and visiting other lodges that would like me there. And from uh, New Hampshire Rainbow again, uh, just again, thank you for inviting us to be part of this uh, 
this podcast. I also wanted to call attention again to the 100th. We are going to be celebrating our 100th um, anniversary, and that will be April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and we'll be having a variety of programs that everyone is invited to attend, especially if you are a majority rainbow girl or have been in involved in any of the Masonic bodies over the over the years. We would love to have you there. Um, we will be sending out more information on that, but certainly reserve those uh, that weekend, and we hope to see you there. So I'm just first, of course, Tim, thanks for letting us all get on here and, and speak to the organizations that, you know, I think while, while it may not be the top uh, space yeah. as far as using up my time, uh, it's, it's certainly near the top. Uh, it's and it's great to work with the youth, and it's nice to have give us the platform to actually speak about it. I just want to add, go back and circle back to a couple points real quick. First is we're asking everyone get involved. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you have a Masonic tie or not, get involved. You know, the, like you know, as we've said before, there's plenty of brothers and uh, Demo, brother Demolays and and sister Rainbows that you know don't have a Masonic tie when they start off, mm -hmm. and they can get, gain so much from that. And for those out there that are riding the fence as far as whether or not their child might fit in, I can speak to experience. I have seen 12-year-old young men walk through the door of a chapter room and see an 18 or 19-year-old Malay treat them like they've been there forever. Like they're just a, a younger brother. They, you know, they bring them right into the fold. They all enjoy themselves, and they're treated just like they've always been there. It's an absolutely amazing thing to watch in this day and age where there's so much of that, you know, the clickiness and stuff that we see with the youth to see that, you know, a, a young man, I'm sure the same thing happens in rainbow. A young lady walks through the door, doesn't know a soul, but they're made to feel like they're, they've been a part of the family forever. It's absolutely amazing to watch. Well, again, I really appreciate everybody joining me this evening. Uh, just a plug from the Granite Cornerstone podcast, because if I don't, Scott's going to yell at me as soon as we turn off the stream. Please make sure if you want to get in touch with us or if you want to get in touch with any of our guests, we can certainly forward your information along to them. Reach out at our email address, which is now popping up on your screen, granitecornerstone at nhgrandlodge.org. Or, as has been said by everybody tonight, reach out to us on social media, whether it's YouTube, uh, Facebook, whether it's the Grand Lodge Facebook page or our Granite Cornerstone Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. And we will be back on September 5th at 7.30 p.m. for our next episode. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And thank you to my guests for joining. And have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.